BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Uh, I, uh, it's hard to step back. But uh, there's a there's a voice in your head that says at, at a certain point that uh, that it is uh, time to do that you know, for for your own sake and uh, so I'm taking that step now uh, with a lot of uh, excitement and uh, some trepidation too. Hi everybody, I'm Fran Spielman. My guest this week is one of my most talented and experienced colleagues here at the Sun-Times who, fortunately for him, unfortunately for us and our readers, has decided to take a giant step back at the end of this year and a big step toward retirement. Business and labor reporter and columnist David Roeder, thanks for joining us. Hello, Fran. Thanks for having me. What exactly have you decided to do and why now, other than the fact that the year is drawing to a close? You know, it's uh, it's been now uh, you know, more than 20 years for uh, for me at the uh, the Sun-Times in uh, in two different stints. And uh, I think it's uh, it's time for me to uh, relax a little bit. I'm looking forward to uh, just enjoying some more free time uh, going on uh, a couple of vacations with uh, with my wife and in frankly enjoying the outdoors a little more while we're uh, while we're still able to uh, physically do that uh, it's uh, it's just the appropriate time for us uh, now with I think at this point in our lives it it is so hard for me to uh, to cut back from news because like you uh, it's been uh, it's been my life and and I've had uh, such a great association with everyone at the Sun Times Fran I I, I looked this up in the uh, in the Sun Times computer system and you and I have uh, shared bylines on uh, on more than 360 stories over the years. Uh, it's uh, it's just been uh, incredible uh, to be able to uh, to work with you uh, over the, uh, the the time I've had here. Uh, I uh, it's hard to step back, but uh, there's a there's a voice in your head that says at, at a certain point that uh, that it is time to do that you know, for for your own sake and. Uh, so I'm taking that step now uh, with a lot of uh, excitement and uh, some trepidation, too. You and I met in 1985, literally nearly 40 years ago, when you walked into the City Hall press room as a reporter for the Southtown. What do you remember about those tumultuous days in the middle of council wars when Ed Burke, who is now on trial defending himself against a sweeping racketeering and extortion indictment, 
fighting for his freedom as he approaches his 80th birthday was at his most extreme. Oh my, that was that was such an incredible time for for both of us. And as a uh, as a young reporter uh, coming into that situation, I, I I learned so much from everybody in the uh, the press corps at that time. Thinking of uh, you and Bob Davis and, and Harry Golden and and so many others uh, who were there at the time, it was uh, it was a wonderful education for me. And I, uh, I, I just remember the uh, the intensity of the uh, the, the council wars, uh, the, the the horrible rhetoric that went back and forth at the time. It uh, it produced great great copy for for all of us, of course. Um, but I, as I look back on it, I uh, I I think of just uh, you know my own uh, transition from eventually uh, you know, well starting out in political reporting and then going over into uh, more business reporting my uh, my work at uh, at city hall uh, kind of led the, uh, the the groundwork for that i what do you uh, what do you think rem- motivated burke in those days harold washington always said that edward doliac's color was green meaning he was motivated by money but that burke washington believed to be a racist did you believe that yeah, I, I know Washington uh, always uh, always thought that that Burke was just more malevolent in in his motives. I I saw uh, at times another side of, of Burke as being you know just as power hungry as uh, Verdoliac was and just as uh, as calculating. And uh, I, I you know, but that Burke over the years he. Uh, uh, he adapted himself as his ward became more Hispanic. Maybe changed his uh, his outlook on a few things. Uh, I, I think you could say the the uh, the, the guy uh, you know probably evolved in a lot of his uh, political views, but he also uh, played the game uh, so well, and it it, it took the Fed's years uh, to uh, to catch up with uh, with him and Michael Madigan as well. Um, is, is, is it's uh, showed up now in, uh, in the, uh, the indictments that came down. Uh, so it was, a, it was a terrible time. It was, and it was so destructive to the city, to the business community. Do you remember that? Yes, I, you, you know, we were, uh, we were so torn apart. And I remember as a, as a reporter covering uh, the Southwest side, going to these uh you know political rallies for bernie epton and the the like and just the horrible things people would say uh the uh the, the horrible rhetoric directed at uh, at washington at the time and uh you know he uh, he handled it with uh uh with so much dignity with uh with a lot of grace, maybe, you know, more grace than, than some of his uh, opponents deserved. And I, I remember Washington is, is a, uh, a mayor who decided from the get go, I'm not going to be like Jane Byrne. I'm not going to punish my political enemies by withdrawing services from wards that where they don't vote for me. We're going right. or to firing be fair, their yeah, or, or firing stuff. their people. Yeah, we're we're going to be fair to everybody. 
Um, I remember Washington as setting a standard for that, that I think after him, uh, Richard Daly uh, had to live up to. It, it was a uh, it was a very important legacy of fairness that Washington left for the city. Yeah, I remember him saying, we're going to chase you down and be fair to you. <laughs> we're going to yes. hunt you down <laughs> to be fair. What's interesting about your distinguished career is that you were in and out of the media and back again. From 1990 to 1994, you worked as editor of Chicago Enterprise, a monthly policy magazine published by the corporate titans at the Commercial Club. How did that come about, and what did you learn there? When uh, when I was covering City Hall, uh, out of the, the, the many publications that came to us uh, was this uh, magazine, uh, Chicago Enterprise, and it, uh, it just impressed me a lot for its... Uh, broader take on, on business issues, long-term development issues facing the city. And it, it, it challenged my own perspective too. You, you know, we were often, uh, you know, running, uh, running up to the mayor's office, getting the latest quotes on the, uh, the, you know, the political firestorm of the day. And I was always kind of worried that, you know, down in the in the council zoning committee was where the real news was taking place, where they were cutting up the town, uh, <laughs> you know, like slices of bread. So that uh, I that, uh, you know, turned my outlook into uh, into looking at business issues and how the city government can affect that. So I, I I gravitated to uh, to that job uh, to uh, to this policy magazine. It was a break from uh, in daily journalism. It uh, it gave me a chance to uh, to write some longer form stories and to uh, to be an editor, supervise a small staff. It was a very nice break, but it it also. Um, connected me to you know to some of the, uh, the the business types, the corporate types, and uh, I got a you know a, more of a background in uh, in that sector as as well. It was really a a, a, a nice uh, change of pace for a journalist. After that, it was on to the Daily Herald for two years as that newspaper expanded its business coverage, and then on to the Sun Times for two years before you joined the administration of Governor Pat Quinn. Why did you make the switch to state government, and what did you learn from that? Fran, when uh, <clears throat> when I left the uh, the, the Sun Times in uh, in twenty thirteen, that would have been after uh, seventeen years at the time. Uh, it was uh, it was a very hard decision for for me to to make, and uh, <clears throat> the uh, and, and Governor Quinn at the time he he, he let me hem and haw over it for uh, for a little while before I uh, I finally accepted, uh, and uh, I for all of that uh, nervousness that I had about it, it was a uh, it was a very good experience. I. Uh, I was uh, in working with the uh, the state's commerce agency, uh, you know, on issues of business incentives and uh, business promotion. I uh, I got to uh, to work with uh, a lot of people who I thought had uh, you know good motives and you know were were good at what they do. <clears throat> and seeing government from the inside was uh, was an important uh, you know new perspective for me. I, I really uh, I, I really did enjoy it. 
During your stint in state government, Rahm Emanuel and Pat Quinn were not getting along very well. What was your inside view of that difficulty and how did it manifest itself? Rahm wanted a casino. We never got it. He wanted pension help that Quinn made difficult. What What do you remember? Just one of the uh, the, the major uh, memories is how uh, Quinn was uh, you know, had to battle with a lot of folks, not only with Rom, uh, but also uh, the uh, the leaders in the uh, in the state legislature. Uh, wow. It was uh, it was a hard time for him. Uh, is uh, you know, they were uh, you know the the, the legislature uh, you know had him uh, sign the, uh, uh, the the income tax increase that uh, uh, that Quinn ultimately got uh, you know had to wear the jacket for he was he was the governor who uh, who raised taxes and Rohner was able to to go after him on that basis and uh, I, uh, I I always had a, a high opinion of uh, of Quinn but I, I I think in in some cases he was uh, he, he may have been outmaneuvered politically on on some issues and uh, and yes, he was uh, he was battling with uh, with Rom as well, uh, so that uh, may have you know cut into the, uh, the the political support he was uh, he was able to tap when he had to uh, run for re-election at that time. It was it was really a a, 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 a difficult time uh, for him in 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 trying to govern. And why was that? Was it his personality? Did they view him as a pushover? Was he, you know, his his background as a political gadfly? What got in his way? You know, everybody in Springfield, uh, you know, remembered uh, Quinn for his uh, petition drive that led to a reduction in the size of the uh, of the General Assembly. Uh, the the state house in in particular, I I think uh, a lot of uh, the the politicos there uh, didn't forgive him for that. Um, it it was uh, it, it, he really wasn't part of their group at all. Club. He wasn't their a club. a political club. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not a not an insider at all. Uh, he was. Yeah, he was uh, he was kind of uh, you know labeled as a, as an accidental governor when he uh, took over after uh, uh, Governor uh, uh, Blagojevich uh, uh, got impeached, and uh, uh, but he he was able to uh, to get elected one time on his own. I thought that uh, uh, sort of removed the accidental label uh, from him, but he uh, he could never. Uh, become any kind of a, a, a political insider with uh, with a lot of folks. That was uh, uh, his strength in a lot of ways, but but also his weakness. That's often the case. After Bruce Rauner defeated Pat Quinn, you returned to the Sun-Times and you got involved with the News Guild. You were involved in the Guild response to the mass layoff of photographers at the paper. Some of them got their jobs back. Yes, and uh, that was uh, th- that was quite an interesting sidelight for me. I was involved with the Sun Times without working for the paper. the uh, The Chicago News Guild, the uh, the union that uh, uh, represents the uh, the news staff at the Sun Times and and uh, in, and in other places as well, uh, they were you know very aware of the 
the deep problems facing uh, the media industry and the Sun-Times in particular. They, they asked me to help, so uh, I had two main assignments, uh, which was to uh, uh, try to save the Sun-Times and uh, start organizing uh, for the News Guild at the Chicago Tribune. And somehow or other, kind of against all odds, I don't, I don't know, we, uh, we managed to accomplish both. The, you know, people think of labor unions as just, you know, going on strike or causing, uh, causing a ruckus here and there. And they, they can be much more than that. They, they can be, uh, you know, some positive agents of change for, for a company. And in this case, uh, well, that happened with the uh, the News Guild and the uh, and the Sun Times. We were uh, we were able to uh, solicit interest in in buying the Sun Times from the uh, the Chicago Federation of Labor and its constituent uh, unions. And then uh, through you played uh, through, you played uh, m- yeah. Yenta the matchmaker in connecting former alderman. Mm-hmm. Edwin Eisenberg exactly. with the Chicago Federation of Labor that stabilized the mm-hmm. paper and kept it independent. How did that match come about? It, 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 ex- exactly, and you know, and I was uh, I was making a lot of inquiries as to who might be interested in taking a, a run at the buying the Sun Times. Uh, turned out Eisendrath and 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 I had a mutual acquaintance, and I remember kind of around Thanksgiving uh, one year. It, it would have been in uh, oh probably 20, 2016. Uh, we had breakfast, and uh, um, Eisendrath asked uh, you know all the right questions. He seemed to have the uh, uh, the, the proper attitude about wanting uh, to be. Uh, the owner of a of a major newspaper, the uh, the the guild was able to uh, to help him get started on that path, and and then yes, eventually I uh, I, I put him in a, in a room with the uh, the Federation of Labor, and uh, waited to see what happens. I I was uh, I was very much like a matchmaker in that role. You know what happened to Eisendrath and the ending. The uh, a- after uh, after they succeeded in, in in taking over, which was a big enough uh, you know victory in and of itself, I, there th- there were disputes that came up between uh, the, uh, the the unions representatives on the Sun Times board and and uh, and, and Eisendrath over over priorities uh, and how money was uh, was being spent. <clears throat> Ultimately, Eisendrath uh, stepped aside, and uh, the the paper evolved into uh, into some other ownership. It was it was very important, though, that uh, that deal occurred because it uh, it it gave the the Sun Times some runway for continuing for uh, you know absorbing uh, financial losses. That wouldn't have happened otherwise, the, Fran. I I I, I got to tell you, the the, uh, the the paper at at one point was weeks away from being uh, absorbed by the Chicago Tribune, uh, which uh, at that time was under uh, Michael Farrow's control. 
Uh-oh. And yeah, everybody, everybody knew what was going to happen at that point. Um, the <clears throat> it uh, the he would have uh, run the paper for a while. We suspected he would have uh, tried to close it down as soon as he legally could. The uh, uh, the guild had interested the uh, the antitrust lawyers in that whole uh, issue, and and it was uh, it, it was very important work that the union did uh, in that regard. We were. We were able to uh, to make sure that an alternative bid could be submitted that didn't have to match the Tribune's offer for the Sun Times dollar for dollar. It just had to be a responsible bid that would continue the Sun Times as an independent voice. It really uh, it, it really helped save the paper. I don't want to exaggerate the news guild's role because uh, we, we the, the union itself couldn't didn't put in dollar one uh, towards the deal but it was uh, it was very important as as kind of a, a a middle force there that helped it to happen yeah and I thank you for that sir now you're leaving the day-to-day beat at a perilous time for the business community and a time of great change and empowerment for organized labor. In the first six months of his new administration, Mayor Brandon Johnson has asked a hell of a lot from the business community. He and his progressive city council supporters have phased out the subminimum wage for tip workers, approved the nation's most generous paid leave package, put a binding referendum on the March ballot, quadrupling the real estate transfer tax on property sales over a million and a half, and doubling the tax on sales over a million dollars and slightly reducing it under that threshold, all to generate $100 million in annual revenue for homelessness. Johnson has also signed off on two straight tax to the max property tax increases for the public schools. Is the mayor asking too much of the business community, the same business community who wants to go back again to tax to the tune of $800 million to help bankroll the $1 billion in investments in people that form the cornerstone of his anti-violence strategy? It's going to be a, a very hard time for this mayor to uh, to ask for uh, huge, uh, you know, tax increases or, or uh, you know, additional contributions to city government from a business community uh, that is, uh, in in a lot of respects, reeling. The uh, the Chicago's downtown economy has always been the golden goose, the uh, you know the the great revenue provider for all of city government, and it's uh, it's in a a bad state right now with the uh, the declines in the office market and the uh, all the companies cutting back on their office space because a lot so many more people are are working from home. That's been a great change that has hit uh, just in the last few years with the pandemic, and it's going to play out more in the uh, the, the valuations of downtown properties, and that's that that is going to hit people at home at some point because as the the big office towers downtown can uh, can take less of the tax burden. 
more of it goes to uh, to homeowners. All of the tax increases, all of the initiatives that you mentioned, uh, he has to be careful about because uh, the you know, neighborhood commercial strips also are, are hurting in many cases. Um, the uh, the city still has to be able to uh, to attract small businesses, uh, retail stores into into areas that uh, that have been troubled over the years. And with uh, with with tax increases going on, that that's going to be a harder you know argument to uh, to make to prospective investors. So what do you see so, happening then? Is he going to have to back off? On the eight hundred million, is he going to get any of it? He's going to uh, he's going to have to compromise. I think that's uh, that's leading to you know uh, some indecision on his part at this point. He you know he's learning there's uh, there there are other issues out there other than just those that his supporters have advanced, and you know we we got to remember too that. Uh, he was he was elected not only in a very close uh, race, but only about a third of the people turned oh, out. Right. Yeah. It, Fran, it was it's so much. Thirty-three yeah. percent got him elected, basically something yeah. like that. I mean, a it's, tiny it's so fraction much, of people. Yeah. Remember, you know, the the council wars days that we covered. It was like ninety percent voter turnout at uh, at that time. My. One of my worries is just that a lot of people have tuned out. They've they've dropped out of the system. They 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 don't vote. They 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 don't check responsible sources of of news anymore. And so the uh, the 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 push from a few groups, including the uh, the Chicago Teachers Union, that uh, that Johnson had, they were they were able to uh, to get him Control in. It. And will they get but, but, the bring Chicago home referendum against that backdrop if people don't pay attention? Will they get that? Do you think Johnson will get that real estate transfer tax? That's uh, he, he could uh, he could sell that because uh, the uh, for for most uh, homeowners who sell their property, uh, the, uh, the the tax rate will decline a little bit. They they adjusted it to make it a more progressive thing, affecting only. Um, more, you know, wealthier, you know, valued properties. But even even in that case, you know, if you have a, you know, a, a two flat in, in Lakeview, it, it might be worth more than a million dollars. Sure, know? that's not a mansion. And, uh, that's not a mansion. Yeah, that's, that, that's not a mansion at all. Uh, I, and I could see some people just being ornery and saying no. Yeah, when uh, you hear the word tax on, on how in a you referendum, you just automatically sometimes knee-jerk say, no, I'm angry, no. Yeah. So yeah. what do you uh, think? You What's know, your prediction on that? I I, I predict it'll, it'll pass narrowly, um, but it'll, it'll be, it, it'll be a, uh, you know, a hard-fought thing. As uh, as Pritzker discovered when he uh, you know tried to right. to sell the the graduated income tax, uh, it it was probably in the interests of a lot of people to uh, to get that passed. But you know the, uh, the the opponents, Ken Griffin's money and so forth, they you know they they were able to uh, you know to call it the uh, you know the blank check amendment and 
and uh, make other arguments about it that just riled people up uh, enough so that it uh, it didn't pass. Were you surprised, given the stakes, that the business <clears throat> community did not try and field its own mayoral candidate? Is it because they're just risk-averse notoriously? Yes, they are. Uh, they are notoriously risk-averse, and I think a lot of candidates didn't want to be uh, labeled as, uh, as the business candidate. Uh, they uh, they had to be able to uh, to tap into uh, into someone else who had you know some other base of support and uh, in the case of uh, Paul Vallis in the last election that didn't work for them you know it the the, the business types and in in some cases Frank you know the the uh, the, the well-funded labor groups the the conservative labor uh, Groups like uh, the the trade unions, they, uh, they they can run ads for you. They they have a lot of money to uh, to buy ads, but they're they're not always great at putting people on the street and right. you know knocking on doors face to face, getting people to ask others, please vote for this guy. There there is still a place in politics for that. It's not all. It's not all remote and high tech. Some of it is uh, is still face to face, and you know, Too getting leather. getting people out there. Yeah, uh, they yeah. Uh, they're not that good at doing that. And, right, and uh, the CTU is, and yeah. so is SEIU, yeah. and all those several mega, mega exactly. projects are stuck in the in neutral now. Lincoln Yards, the seventy eight Central Station. What will become of those? Those are, you know, such long-term holds now. Lincoln Yards has had uh, so much trouble uh, finding uh, financial backers, and uh, probably uh, the, uh, the the control of a lot of those properties will uh, will change hands. The uh, the, the seventy-eight was. Uh, in the discussions for a Chicago casino, but uh, that you know went uh, you know elsewhere over to the uh, uh, to the Tribune site on uh, on Chicago Avenue, and it's uh, it's really uh, you know they're they're kind of starting from scratch on that. Although they they do have uh, the uh, the University of Illinois uh, you know with a uh, a tech research center. Going on to uh, to part of that, they 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 need to to fill you know a vast amount of acreage there though, and uh, it's uh, it, it's probably not going to happen very fast. A lot of things going on: higher interest rates, higher construction costs, and uh, in views of the city that aren't that aren't positive, especially from uh, investors from uh, from out of town. About they crime, read about the, the robberies. They, they read about stuff. the crime and so forth, and that's uh, and that's putting off a lot of people and making uh, making a lot of things a harder sell for Chicago. That uh, that's going to continue to uh, put a drag on a lot of uh, major projects uh, 
for for a while. You know, we've uh, you and I have talked for uh, for a long time about uh, projects like uh, you know the Southworks U.S. Steel on the the southeast side lakefront, and so many ideas have been advanced for that. That is uh, that that is not going forward at at this point, or it doesn't appear to be. So uh, that uh, you know, some of these ideas uh, will be waiting a long time to uh, to get executed. I, uh, I I think also of the uh, the developer Bob Dunn, who's got his uh, uh, you know South Loop uh, project yeah. that he wants to uh, to push, but uh, he's also advanced these uh, these ideas for Soldier Field to uh, yeah. What to try to help there get with the Bears and with the White Sox? Yeah. The White Sox won out of guaranteed rate. The Bears are still flirting, but having trouble in Arlington Heights and having all these other suburban overtures. What do you think happens in those two cases? You know, I uh, I think ultimately the uh, the Bears come back into Soldier Field. They work out a deal with the city. Uh, it would be a, a feather in Johnson's cap if he were able to uh, to bring that about. It's it's not going to be quick. But uh, but I suspect the, uh, the the Bears stay in in Chicago. The uh, the, the White Sox are uh, are a difficult thing because uh, it's always been hard to uh, uh, to develop a lot of the property, a lot of the big parking lots around there. The in, in years past, the uh, the, the neighbors often uh, didn't want that sort of thing. They they didn't want to. Uh, uh, to turn it into a mini Wrigleyville at all, but some of those uh, feelings might be might be changing, and uh, the, uh, the there'll be hard talks with the uh, with the White Sox. Probably some more threats to leave town as uh, as uh, time gets uh, gets closer on their their lease and on that ballpark. And uh, I would uh, I would hope ultimately they'll uh, they'll stay though on the south side of Chicago, Michigan Avenue and LaSalle Street. What about that? Those will be a kind of the the keys to uh, helping revive uh, downtown Chicago. There have been uh, some studies and uh, some uh, some notable work by the city already on. Uh, what ought to go on in those areas and some very good ideas have been advanced in the case of LaSalle Street though there's it needs developers who are going to take on a lot of risk and they're going to ask for a lot of tax increment financing money from the city which might get them into a, into a big political fight so that's that's a real long-term thing. I, I think Michigan Avenue, it uh, it will need to it will need to bounce back with uh, if public safety can improve, maybe some changes on the uh, on the streetscape and uh, kind of connecting it to uh, uh, to the rest of downtown a little bit better. So uh, that that's those are going to be top issues for the Johnson administration. But probably for for others too in the years ahead. 
and labor seems to be on a roll, organizing at Starbucks, the UAW strike, and the victory they won there. What's the future for labor, both in the private sector and also in government? You know, for and especially for for somebody like myself who's worked with the uh, with the guild, it's been it's been interesting to see the organizing go beyond uh, traditional. Uh, uh, you know, companies, traditional uh, work, labor unions have traditionally been strong. Yeah, you've mentioned the coffee shops. It's you know, it's gone into retail. It's gone into museum workers and and so forth. And a lot of that push has been led by young people, uh, younger workers who have uh, kind of gotten the message that uh, a union might help their cause. There are. There are so many challenges, though, because a lot of this organizing has yet to achieve meaningful contracts for people. And that is the goal here. Uh, organizing a, a union isn't just about, you know, uh, organizing rallies and having press conferences and, and raising a, a fuss over this issue or that issue. It's It's about getting people to sign on to uh, to a, a, a union and getting management to the bargaining table and negotiate meaningful improvements in, in people's lives. Some of that has been difficult, especially for those Starbucks workers who have, you know, they've, they've signed up uh, more than 300 stores across the country, I, I believe at last check, but uh, they, they're getting nowhere on trying to, uh, to actually uh, bargain with the company, it uh, it, it contrasts with uh, you know other you know other unions have been able to uh, to get contracts in uh, in places uh, that uh, such as uh, uh, Collectivo Coffee, a smaller chain here uh, that uh, that unions organized. It was the IBEW there, and they they got a contract. They had uh, kind of a more uh, focused approach, maybe. So um, there, there are many challenges ahead in in trying to uh, uh, to get uh, you know good deals for people that are now uh, just expressing interest in organizing. David Roeder, thank you so much for sharing all your insight. I could talk to you forever, and I might be calling you on, in retirement. Be, feel free to ignore my calls, but I wish you and Karen the very best in enjoying your travel, your adult children, maybe grandchildren at some point, and I hope that occasionally we see some long pieces from you in the Sun-Times because our readers need it. Well, thank you so much, Fran. It's been great working with you here over the uh, the years. I, I I can't tell you how how much I have learned from from you and and others at the uh, at the Sun Times, and uh, I, uh, I I just hope that uh, that I've been able to uh, uh, contribute back uh, to uh, to your own work and uh, to uh, uh, to improve the paper as well over the years. And thank you so much for all of the help you have given me. And we will see you all next week.